You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pullbox Podcast. I am your host, Curtis Finley. I am your other host, Michael Cohen. Do my ears deceive me? <laughs> Is that Michael, the Michael Cohen, back from yeah. wherever he was these past few months? <laughs> back from the land of... Sleep deprivation and uh, exhaustion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, welcome back. We're glad <laughs> to have you. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad to be back. It's actually, it's funny because I, I, until we literally, literally until you hit record, it didn't occur to me like I've been gone for two months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're just picking up right where we left off. The last <laughs> two months have been like a whirlwind, uh, for obvious reasons. For those who don't know. Uh, my daughter was born two months ago. Congratulations. Uh, Cara Ray. Yep. So comic book fans will understand the significance of, of at least the first name, but hopefully both. Well, uh, hopefully... I, um, most people should know. If you're a Mike fan, then yeah. you should know what the names yeah. refer to. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're a Mike fan, this is old news to you. Yeah. Um, you've probably already heard her first appearance on, on Quiver, because uh, she's, uh, she's at the very end of one of those episodes. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's been, it's been a little bit crazy. So I needed, I definitely needed to take the break. Yeah. That's I good. needed to, to be able to sort of focus on other stuff. Um, not have to worry too much about, about what I was reading, but, um, but it's good to be back. And we, we read some really cool stuff mm-hmm. to come back to. So, um, and you're back with all your podcasts now. Yeah. Yeah. We're back with everything. Okay. Yeah. Cause, uh, uh, rebels podcast started back up. Uh, just the last week of September and then the first week of October, uh, Quiver came back. So, right. um, with those shows, right. With, with Star Wars Rebels and, uh, and Arrow respectively. So, so yeah, I'm back up to, to the full, uh, the full time three monthly, well, three, three regular podcasts. Yeah. Uh, two and two of those are weekly, weekly yeah. like that. And then yeah. we record batches of episodes together yeah. so you don't have to. It's not quite weekly. as taxing, but but it is definitely like like the thing with pull box is carrying around the books, right? right? Yeah, because you, you got to get them, them all read through the month. <laughs> yeah, um, along with as we always talk about, along with our regular reading, right? Because right. if something comes out, I mean, l- usually we've managed to sneak one or two things in that it's like we would have been reading anyways, right? Um, but uh, and and uh, we'll have one of those in the next month. But <laughs> yeah. I I yeah, it's a. It, it can be, especially when we pick bigger stuff. This month was easy. <laughs> this month was yeah, awesome yeah. because uh, all all of the books that we read were pretty quick and pretty interesting easy. and interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, let's dive one. into uh, yeah. the the book we have for this week, which yeah. is um, we're going to tie it into Halloween, and we've picked a book called Demon, uh, Volume One from First Second Books, and yes. this is um, First Second, our favorite publisher. Yeah. on Pullbox. Yeah, you'll hear another one from them. Uh, yeah. In fact, I talked with uh, Jamie last month about a First Second book called This One Summer. I try to sneak them in as much <laughs> as we can because they're just excellent. Every every time There's, they, it's a, you know, like we we've read a lot of First Second stuff on the on the podcast, 
and uh, I don't think that we've ever come away from any of them less than impressed. Right. Right. It's all there's. They just they're just doing cool stuff, and mm-hmm. that's all that there is to it. Like there, it's it actually reminds me of the sort of spirit of like of of like image back in the day, and and I. I I what what was the Dreamwave before it became at IDW, um, and when they were doing some really cool stuff, they were doing yeah. licensed stuff, but it was really cool. But they like, but, they but let their creators co- do their it. thing, right? Yeah. It's not so corporately yeah. manufactured. Yeah. Um. And and that's the nice thing about this, and in fact, Demon is is a is it had very little um editor involvement because it's straight <laughs> from a web comic yeah. to this print version okay so it was a web comic first yeah okay, okay. so i'll get into the history yeah. about that in, in just a second but um one more thing about first second is that i really yeah. enjoy that they do a lot of stuff for youth like yes. youth related books yeah and then to the point where i forget that they also do stuff for older audiences and yeah. this book here is definitely for an older audience it's you not know, one that i'm gonna pass on to my kids yeah, for a while <laughs> uh, demon is a uh, uh, reader discretion is advised um because it's not for everybody no for sure i enjoyed it oh i, I, I really liked it but as i was reading it i was like because you read the foreword and in the foreword he's like uh if you don't like these six things you know like vulgarity and gore and <laughs> graphic sexual content then this is not the book for you just go ahead put it down there's other stuff that you can go read yeah um which is funny but uh once you get into it it's like whoa um and it's so fast yeah it's like blazingly fast like half a train ride for me my my train ride in is about um uh the train itself is about 40 minutes and so I read this in easily mm-hmm. 20 minutes because you just kind of yeah. go through and it's very fast paced. And that's one of the things that Jason Shiga also mentions in his forward, I think, yeah. is that he wanted something that moved at a breakneck speed yeah. and that just was like bang, bang, bang. Things happen as fast as they can yeah. and there's just no downtime. Yeah. It doesn't follow a, a standard kind of three act structure or no. anything like no, that. Not at all. So um, quickly, we'll explain the premise of this book is that. Um, there's this guy who's an actuary, which in itself is ironic because he the, he wants to kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so he he does, but then poof, he's back. He finds himself back to life. Um, yeah. In his apartment, in his hotel, where he's tried to kill himself, and like he has to write his suicide note again, and then he tries to kill himself again, and poof, he's back to life again. So yeah. and he has to. He's like, why is this happening? Uh, am I caught in some sort of time loop or something like that? And he has to figure it out. And that's yeah. um. We're gonna pretty quickly have to spoil the oh, reason yeah, why sure. in order to for talk sure. about this. So we're just gonna let you know that we're gonna. Um, the big reveal is is pretty close to the beginning of the book, but yeah. it's um it's one that you need to figure out for yourself. So if you are planning on reading this, um, we would suggest probably not listening to any more yeah, of don't the listen podcasts. Any yeah, because we have to talk about the nature of it in order to talk about sort of the the weird, twisted genius that's inside this book. Yeah. definitely that intro um, is one of the smartest parts because yeah. you're reading it and you think, you think along his lines, you're in his perspective, that he's, uh, as he kills himself, like it's bringing him back to the 
moment before, not the moment, like the, the, like the morning, morning before of, or something. Right. And, but then like certain things start to tip you off that there's more to it. Like at one point he sees the bullet hole in, in the bathroom, in the bathroom, but that doesn't line up with where he was sitting when he shot himself. So yeah, so the, the very first time he kills himself, yeah. he does it by hanging. Yeah. And so when he wakes up the next morning, he looks for the rope in the, the drawer yeah. Um, and it's not there. Yeah. So like, what what's going on here? Um, and I just watched yesterday the Tom Cruise movie, The Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. And that's the same same thing. Um, yeah. Where he goes into battle and then he dies, but yeah. then he wakes up, um, right before he goes into battle, and he goes through and he's in this time loop, yeah. a Groundhog Day sort of thing. Yeah. And that's what he thinks is going on here. Yeah. But for the here, first little bit. For the first little bit. Yeah. yeah. And it's brilliant. And then at one point he even sees his, he comes across his own dead body. Yeah. It's like, what is this doing here? Yeah. Um, and one of the weirdest things that's not explained in the first book, and, and I would think is something that ends up explained later, is that Maybe. like, the, the, head, the head's always like decapitated. Yeah. Off of the body. Like, it's, it's this really weird... Yeah. There's something else going on there that even in this book isn't revealed. But um, it's not until he goes outside and throws himself in front of a truck that he finds out that... He puts it not, all together. Yeah, he's not being reincarnated. Uh, he's... His mind or soul or whatever is being transferred to the nearest human being. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't tell because when he looks in the mirror, he sees himself. Yeah, um, and no one else can tell. Yeah, yeah nobody else can tell. But it, to everybody else, it looks like the person that he's become. Um, and he doesn't realize until he looks in his wallet and sees <laughs> a very <laughs> stupid face looking back at him, yeah. which I love the reveal of, like, he looks at the wallet and he's like, who is this guy? Why do I have his wallet? Mm-hmm. And that um, guy's daughter comes and visits him yeah. in the hospital. And he I, he's, like, going along with it, and he's thinking... Something's not right, and he can't quite like it's it an out. alternate like, timeline almost. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, like he married somebody else in that yeah. timeline, but no, it's actually he's taking over other people's body, the nearest yeah. inhabitant, inhabitant yeah. person. And so it sort of starts to spin out of control, and uh, and then he ends up with there's like it's it kind of actually reminded me a little bit of Chew, where it's like all of a sudden you realize that there's this whole like government agency that yeah. that knows what's going on and <laughs> yeah, like this guy's is, trying yeah. to explain to him but he he doesn't uh he doesn't really want to be a part of their organization uh yeah he doesn't want to work for the government uh for for i can't remember the reason he's just kind of he's a bit of an anarchist <laughs> sort of personality <laughs> or becomes that i guess through through the course of it but um like when you when you discover at first, he's just kind of an unlikable character, right? Right. You're reading it, and you're like, well, this guy's just going to kill himself, and he do- it doesn't happen, so he just tries again. And, and, and in the beginning, you think, like, oh, well, this is just sort of um, g- gratuitous for gratuity's sake. For sure. A and, lot of it is, yeah. Yeah, and then you start to realize as you put the story together and as he reveals that the reason why he killed himself was because, so his his family dies, right? His family dies in the car accident. Right. He wakes up and then, like, his life is the worst, so he decides that he's going to rob a bank. He botches the bank job. Yeah. And so he realizes, like, well, there's no, I can't do anything now, right? Like, like everything's horrible. 
I'm just going to kill myself, right? Yeah. Like, the, the I don't want to go to jail. Uh, this is the better alternative. So he decides to kill himself because he's kind of literally at the end of his rope. Uh, and, and so he kills himself and then wakes up and it's like, I, it didn't work. Yeah. I have to find another way to kill myself. <laughs> and so once you realize later on, sort of like circuitously, that that uh, he actually has a motivation to kill himself, he becomes a sympathetic character. Yeah. And then we get tossed into sort of this intrigue and suspense part of it that there's this government conspiracy sort of thing going on. Um, and, uh, and at that point you're kind of like, well, now I want to know more, but, uh, what's the character's name? Um, Jimmy, Jimmy, G- Jimmy, uh, he doesn't want to have anything to do with it. So you're kind of at odds with him where you're like, dude, just like, just go with the government guy. Cause I want to know the answer. Like, I want to know what's happening. Yeah, I want right. to know why the heads disappear off of these things. But, um, it's it's super clever, and and uh, the ways that Jimmy manages to kill himself in some of the instances are insane, they're just ridiculous, insanely <laughs> smart, right? Yeah, um, just the sort of ingenuity that a that a crazy person has. So, uh, well, and there's the one point because they have to eventually address the fact that. Um, he can get away anytime he wants to just by yeah. killing himself and hopping into another body. Yeah. So the police actually right away yeah. figure out how to capture him and place him in a in prison. Yeah. But like clear out all of the floors um, above and around him so that even if he kills himself, he has no one to jump to, nobody yeah. to jump to. Um, and so that except for one specific person. Except for one specific person. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Um, but then he still figures out, like, does all this crazy math or something like that. And yeah. says, if I, you know, raise myself to this point in the, the, the cell, I should actually have enough to cle- clear the floor above above the floor, like two floors yeah. up that they didn't yeah. clear. As long as the guy that they left in the cell next to him is goes far to the of, furthest yeah. corner. I love that moment because he's <laughs> like, he's like, okay, I've got a plan. I've done the math. I figured it out. All you gotta do, guy, is like go over to this and like as far away as you can, and you just follow my instructions exactly. And the guy's like, "Yeah, totally." And he's just <laughs> sitting naked in the middle of his because they've taken away everything yeah. from this this other prisoner, so that when Jimmy dies and transfers into the other prisoner's body, he's got that he nothing has nothing to, to, kill to kill himself. himself. Um, and and so he's like, "Yeah, whatever." And he's just sort of sitting naked in the middle of the floor in his cell. Uh, just totally disregarding any of the instructions. Yeah. So then, when, after all of this work, when Jimmy does manage to kill himself, uh, he is in the, the naked, body of yeah the, the body of this <laughs> uh, fat naked guy. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was so clever. And and then uh, he eventually does figure out a way. And then there's just this one page, just like double spread of of him. Um, oh no, just one one big page of. Everybody in the jail has died because Jimmy's just hopping from one jail cell to the next jail yeah. cell, killing, trying to find a guard or somebody who's on the other yeah. side of the bars. And it's just this mass, he's a mass murderer at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just keeps killing people, jumping, and has like no moral compass on no, that. At no not point at all. does he question, like, <laughs> by doing this, I am taking other people's lives. Yeah. He never questions it. Like, no. it doesn't even occur to him. 
I don't know. Maybe later on in the series it'll look great. Because it's five volumes? It's going to be four. It's going to be four. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah. It's, uh, are there, is anything else out yet? Or is this the only one? This so is the far? only one that's out. It came out okay. um, a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, okay. Yeah. And it's uh, they're going to be releasing four volumes over a year. Okay. So it'll be all out ne- by next year. Cool. Um, yeah. It's... Uh, it, it <laughs> It's it's oddly humorous um, and at times completely disgusting. I mean, the way that he kills himself <laughs> when he has absolutely nothing to kill himself with is that he, uh, he has. It's a. Do you want to go there? Because no, I remember it exactly. Sure. Yeah, we can go there. So he d- prepare yourselves. If you haven't <laughs> read this book, we have to give you the full warning as the listener. It's about to get graphic and disgusting <laughs> in a pretty funny way but like also like not for all audiences so if you're grossed out by sort of toilet humor and sexual humor then this is not going to go well if you stick around yeah um and that's fine you can just you've already downloaded the episode so you're not gonna hurt us by not finishing the episode (laughs) just uh just you know listen to next next week's episode that's fine um okay so everybody that's here wants to be here and and knows what's gonna happen so he basically masturbates on tissues that was like stuck a, to the guy's anus. Uh, yeah, on a yeah on a, on a toilet <laughs> tissue that was like stuck to his butt, uh, and folds it over and sort of like lets it harden, and then another uh, another layer of uh, of. Semen. I like guess. he calculates the time it takes yeah. for the semen to dr- to fully harden. The dr- the drying period as well as the refractory period, yeah. which you'll remember <laughs> from Sex Criminals. Uh, yep. And I I I was reading it and I was like, oh, this sounds like the sort of thing that would be in Sex Criminals. Yeah. I uh, and then yeah and then he manages to sharpen that piece of toilet paper into a shank, and <laughs> he then kills himself. Stabs it in his jugular. Yeah. <laughs> Like this guy is it's a so he's a crazy. twisted genius. Both the character Jimmy Yi as well as uh, Jason Chiga, the yeah. the uh, writer slash artist, and he says that in the foreword, which is one of the things that I love, is that like he's like this character is basically me. Like I am a messed up <laughs> yeah. person, and these are all of the ways that I thought of killing myself. Yeah, and every time Jimmy kills someone, that's me wanting to kill someone in that yeah. way, or you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, the, yeah, he's a twisted guy, and you should probably see a therapist, but not not before he finishes uh, all of these great pieces of art. Well, this book is finished already, yeah, okay. because it was, um, it's actually, uh, he started it as a series of mini-comics that he'd sell at conventions and stuff, or off okay. of his website, and then he turned it into a webcomic where he'd release a page every day. And that's where I first heard of this book. Okay. Um, because I had heard of Jason Shika before. I'd read some of his books. Yeah. And um, then I heard that... Uh, I can't remember who told me. Maybe it was on Boing Boing or something. Um, that uh, he had this new webcomic that was coming out. And so I started following it. But it was the thing where with webcomics, if I don't come, come back to it after every day, then I forget about it. Yeah. So I got through, Sorry. I would say, maybe the first two chapters of this volume one. I was following yeah. it. And then I just left it for a time maybe i went away i think i went away on vacation or something and just forgot and 
never came back to it. And then I realized the book was coming out. I'm like, perfect, because I want to see how it ended. Yeah. You know, the same thing happened with Hench Girl for yeah. me. Like, I was reading along with Hench Girl every, I think it was like on a weekly release schedule. And I was reading along, and then the issues I, I started coming out. And when the issues started coming out, I was like, well, I don't need to keep up with the webcomic now. I'll just read the issues and buy the trade paperback and all yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I totally get that. Like, webcomics are difficult. They are. Um, and for those people out there who create webcomics, which Curtis and I both do, yep. I, in my opinion, the best way to keep people on track with that is through social media. Exactly. And if, if, if you're it's just appearing in my website, feedback, yeah. in my news feed, I mean, yeah. then, then perfect. I don't yeah. have to make the effort to go to the yeah, website. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But the key there is that you do want to drive people to your website, so don't give them the whole comic on, on your social media, which Curtis oh, uh, I do. Curtis does. I but, do. But you, you're you using a social media platform in the first place with Tumblr, so yeah. it's kind of... It's true. You don't really have a website website. Nope. For kids' sake. But, There's um, no reason for them to go to my website. No. Uh, I mean, there are the really, really old comics that aren't on Facebook. Um, but yeah, it's not even... I don't even just link comic the like the tumblr onto facebook no i yeah, put the actual comic onto facebook yeah they're separate from and then other. uh put the link there for people if they want to yeah. go to the website um but i did that because if people are if people want to share it yeah on facebook then um it's I, easier to share that way. i wanted yeah. the actual image there to yeah, share. yeah but yeah it's it yeah web comics are an interesting thing it's a it's a it's a very different medium from uh, from either like sort of uh, like issue based like monthly issue based yeah. uh, comics or graphic novels right which um, you know we read a, a pretty healthy mix of, of everything um, on the podcast so uh, it's it's interesting when things do get adapted I didn't know that this was a web comic and reading right. it I didn't get that sense at all I was just I was just reading it. It's just a well, and I think part of it is because of the flow of yeah. the narrative. It, it's, um, you know, webcomics, if you release them a web page at a time, yeah. you write them a certain way. Um, and, and you can still have your structure and stuff, but this one has no structure really whatsoever. It just yeah. kind of goes from one thing to the next, and it just is a, a series of events. Um, it has no, it just meanders because that's just the point of, yeah of his journey it, yeah it's he has almost no purpose. Stream of, it's almost stream of consciousness yeah. right? which is probably how he wrote it he was yeah. just doing one page and like let's see what happens like i've got no plan let's just keep on going yeah yeah so then just randomly the this government agent cop guy shows up and it's like i think one of the reasons why jimmy ends up going in a different direction is probably because he wrote that and yeah. then was like i don't know where that's going i'll come back to it later <laughs> right yeah not important right now but yeah so part of the um, the thing about the heads going missing, okay, is um, we every time Jimmy hops into another body for our sake we yeah. see Jimmy's face. Yes. So his head is now on the body. So when he he takes over a police officer who's tall and skinny, now it's Jimmy's head yeah. on a tall and skinny body. Yeah. And when he's in jail. He's um, there's the naked fat guy, so yeah. then it's Jimmy's head. Who has a different f- skin tone from him, right. which I think is hilarious. Yeah, because like... Jimmy's Asian, so he's got a very pale face, and yeah, and then the the guy in jail is Caucasian, so he's definitely more flesh tone. <laughs> very pink. Um, also, the, the, that also brings up the fact that the book is a very simple color palette. Yeah, it's black, white, and shades of sort of a 
pinky red. Yeah. Um, so I was listening to another interview with Jason Shiga talking about this book, and he said that he was trying to go for a, a style of very old, like pre World War Two manga. Okay. Where that yeah. they would do that with the color choices, yeah. it would just be r- red tones and everything. Um, uh, Dragon Ball, yeah. which we read uh, about a year ago, actually. Um, the at the beginning of of some of the sections, there would be like three or four pages mm-hmm. that would be colored, but they wouldn't be fully colored. They'd be black, white, and then red tones. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, very definite. Uh, um, Japanese influence there cool. and he uh, yeah I think it comes off well it looked great on I, it on works really well I really like that aesthetic and I've, I've done stuff like that with my own artwork mm-hmm. from time to time well, so I like that that I, I really like it when an artist has a very specific vision um, and it's not just it's sort of the thing that we lose on a lot of Marvel and DC comics is that and even image these days I is that they're very um they're very much like Hollywood, right? Where right. it's like, well, there's a specific way to tell this type of story, and it's very generic. And it appeals to the masses. Yeah, they, um, play, they play it safe. But every once in a while, you get something that really stands out. Uh, we've talked a lot about about uh, like Tim Sale, and uh, I, um, um, we dedicated the whole month to him. <laughs> Darwin Cook. Darwin Cook. Sorry. I, <laughs> One of the things that you'll notice if you have been following along with all my other podcasts is that since Carr was born, I have a really hard time with names <laughs> because I have gotten like no sleep. Um, I need a solid, solid seven hours, and I don't think I've gotten that in the last three months, probably. Oh, and you probably won't for a good while. Not for a while, <laughs> so bear with me. I'm going to forget names a lot. But um, but yeah, like with the, those artists... Um, Every once in a while, you, like you get to do something cool in those areas. But yep. with independent comics, um, I find that they work the best when when the artist has like this very specific vision to it. Yeah. Um, and well, and the other two style. books we're going to talk about follow that that exactly as well. Okay. The artists, both of those artists, yeah, have a very yeah, specific yeah, for sure. vision for their books. Yeah. Yeah, and Demon has a really nice package. I mean, it's even the same. Uh, the paper choices that they make, they use yeah. this kind of, it's high quality, but it looks, it feels kind of pulpy, and it's yeah, kind it's of an off-white cream yeah. kind of color as well, yeah. so it feels like old manga in that sense yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. It, um, it's, it's it's a very specific look. Yeah. You know, I, we, we, I think we've talked about it a couple of times, but it's not something that we talk about super often, but... And we know this from when we put together your collection yeah. uh, for the first year of, of Kids 8. I, the choices of paper stock, what kind of cover you're going to put on it, um, and then the, the finished quality of all of that really can impact the way that the story comes across. Yeah. Um, because if you're using glossy pages, that's a very specific sort of thing. And it works really well with some stuff. The glossy pages are awesome for Invincible because it makes those colors just yep. like pop, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But then with something like this, um, to have the matte pages and like you said, they're sort of that cream color. That's very manga inspired, but it also adds a warmth to the page that if you had a high a high brightness paper, so something that was a little bit more towards the blue shade, um, it would look totally different and it would feel totally different. Like it would almost have that sort of um, neon fluorescent light sort of shade to it, which would be a very different 
atmosphere, right? Um, and like those choices are super important, and it's something that I think a lot of readers take for granted. Mm-hmm. They just pick up a comic, and it is what it is, right? right? But but yeah, like those, especially for us older readers, those different paper choices can evoke different feelings, right? Because definitely for me, if something has like sort of that yellowed uh, matte pulp quality to it, it takes me back to when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And like my first comic collections were not curated comic collections. They were comic books that my dad found at a garage sale. And it was just one big box that he bought for five bucks. And he was like, here you go. And he didn't even go through them. Yeah. Because uh, there was stuff that was not appropriate for a couple a issues of heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, there was a lot of Jonah Hex. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, so, some stuff that was certainly not like, you know, uh, tales of the unexplained and yeah, yeah. very gory stuff. And so it's funny cause, cause a book like this definitely like it pulls on some of that extreme gore, yeah. grotesquerie sort of, sort of thing. And the, the, the paper choice ties into that because it, it does feel, it doesn't feel as modern as it, as it could. Yeah. Right, um, being that it is a contemporary modern book, but uh, I, it'd be interesting uh, the the contrast between the way that this book is presented and then reading it online. Yeah, right? yeah, because um, be I feel like they'd, they'd be totally different experiences if so. you did one or the other, for sure. So yeah, and I think he's taken down because of the print version. He's taken yeah. down the web version. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you can go see that now, but. Um, hopefully you'll put it back up at some point because yeah. that would be good. It's uh, it'd be nice for people to have complete access to it. But in the meantime, buy uh, Demon Volume One. Now yeah. um, I've been a fan of Jason Shiga for a while because I first heard of him through a book called Meanwhile, which I just showed you before we started yeah. the recording. Yeah, you just let me like sort of leaf through it as much as you can leaf through this book. <laughs> it's it's just incredible because yeah. it's a choose your own adventure. Yeah. And right on the cover it says pick any path. 3,856 story possibilities. It's, it's incredible. I don't even know how you would calculate that, but yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that he's got a degree in some high mathematics. Okay. Like he is a certified genius. He actually is. Yeah. And he's now funneling his work into comics. <laughs> and it, and you can awesome. tell, and it's brilliant. Yeah. And he's got a lot of books out there already. And, uh, and they, they just go in places you don't expect. It's really good. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a really really interesting uh, uh, it it play and unique it's, concept. It's a great concept, and it's one that like you can't do this um, online. Like you, I don't know how a digital copy would work exactly yeah, because it would be tough. It's a lot about the layout of yeah. the book and following the paths, and it's just brilliant. And and there are twists and turns, and and it, it's just a. Uh, and there's one page in in the book where you can't even get to it. It's just a random page. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's so funny, and so he's he now lives in France, and um, is working on a new book. Okay, it's going to be a five hundred page choose your own adventure book. Good, and it's like I can't even imagine how you put that together. Yeah, so one of the things because when when because in Demon uh, in the foreword he mentions meanwhile, and and that you know it was a choose your own adventure book. Um, and so when I read that, I thought that it was like, choose your own adventure, like choose your own adventure, right? where it's like, you would read to the bottom of the page and then it would say, if you choose to do this, go to this page. If you choose to this, do this, go to this page. Right. And it would have the page numbers. 
But with this, it's like this tab structure. Yeah. Where like you look at it and and the there are lines that come off each panel that go to the tabs and those tabs like sort of lead you back into the narrative. Um, at five hundred pages, I would imagine he'd have to go to the page number thing. I don't know. Right? I have no Is idea it gonna how it's going like, to work. Like little yeah. tabs, because you'd have to have five hundred tabs. I, or I guess not five hundred, because some could go to multiple, multiple tabs. Yeah, yeah, but it's just going to be insane. So yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> I can't wait for that to come out because I'm going to definitely check it out because I can't even imagine uh, what it's going to be like. It's not often that we get to use the word avant garde when we talk about comics. Uh, or auteur when we talk about comic creators. Yeah. But this guy is definitely an avant-garde auteur yeah, uh, yeah. comic creator because uh, he's definitely telling stories that only he can tell. It's so good. Uh, and in a way that is uh, almost antithetical to comics, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and sort of like these two books, like, they're opposites of each other. Demon is like straightforward, uh, no nonsense. You don't even have to think about it when you're reading. You yeah. just go from one panel to the next. And then meanwhile is like a mental exercise right? Uh, in staying on topic, <laughs> yeah. on path, and not getting distracted by the other panels. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah. He's definitely exploring all spectrums, yeah. <laughs> all ends of the spectrum. With uh, with comics, um, I got to cool. point out one more thing. With meanwhile, that I want to that yeah. I, you didn't get to this part of the story, but there's at one point he needs to activate a, a time machine, and yeah. there's a he has to enter a secret code, um, and in order to enter the secret code, he needs to know the combination, um, and so um, if I see if I can find the page to show you, but he um, when you enter in the combination, it's three buttons, and of course there are so many different possible combinations for that button depending on which code you enter it takes you to a different a different uh -huh. path so if you choose the wrong thing it's a completely every single wrong answer is a completely different outcome yeah it's it's quite brilliant so That's it's insane yeah it's completely insane but it's just it's it's amazing cool yeah um so um next week yeah i actually get the a, an opportunity to speak with Jason Shiga for the yeah. podcast. So I'll be interviewing him. We'll talk about Meanwhile and Demon and, and some of his other books. I'll definitely ask him about this upcoming uh, book of yeah. his. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting conversation. So that's a really cool follow-up. Yeah, and that'll be this. that'll be next week's episode. Cool. So definitely uh, come back and, and join us for that. Um, and uh, maybe after all four of the Demon volumes are out, we can have another episode to just to yeah. Because I, th I think it would be it wouldn't be ridiculous to say like one episode for, for the a, next three volumes for sure because they they're pretty quick. So. Yeah. So yeah, cool. That that would be really cool when they're all out to to revisit it. For I sure. think so. Cool. Great. Um, join us then uh, the week after the Jason Shiga episode, and we'll be talking about Mike's pick for the month, which is called Kaiju Max, which is about uh, a kaiju prison island. Yeah. Um, and we'll go into more depth about exactly what that entails. <laughs> Definitely. On, on that episode. Uh, cool. And then three weeks later, we will talk about uh, Tetris by Box Brown, another first, second book about the history 
of the video game Tetris. Yeah, definitely. And okay, so with Tetris, I'm going to say I'm going to say it at the end of this episode, and I will say it at the end of our Kaiju Max episode. If you haven't read this book before, we talk about it. Read it. Go get this book, especially if you're into video games. But Tetris is one of the best comics this year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, don't sit and listen to us talk about it until you've read it, yeah. I think. Well, um, and if you read it, I don't think you'll be disappointed. It's a, it's a fascinating story it is. about one of the most famous video games of all time. So, Yeah. Cool. And then one month from now, my pick for next month is um, a book called Cosplayers by Dash Shaw. And Dash Shaw is another um, comic book creator that I would probably call avant-garde. Okay. Um, He does some really strange stuff. And I don't know if this leans towards his really strange stuff or if this is more kind of straightforward, but it's about it follows the lives of a couple of uh, people who are really into cosplay. And uh, and we'll go from there and see what happens. Awesome. Cool. (laughs) Great. Um, yeah, that's it for cool. This so month. that's it for this week, and yeah. we'll glad we'll, to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> Catch you. I'll be back in two weeks. You'll okay. be back in a week. Right. Cool. Yep. Keep reading comics. For more episodes of the Pullbox Podcast, visit us at pullboxpodcast.com or on iTunes. You can find me on various social media websites. Just search for Curtis Findlay. That's Curtis with a K. You can follow me on Twitter at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and, you know, on Tumblr and Instagram and all those other social medias as well. Uh, go to patreon.com slash thunderquack to support us, where you can kick in as little as a dollar and get a bunch of great rewards. The exclusive Thunderquack podcast, as well as access to the Facebook group. And by getting access to the Facebook group, you get that direct line to us to send us suggestions for what we should read on the podcast. If you like this podcast, you can check out other great podcasts on the Thunderquack Network by heading to thunderquack.com. 